You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I am your host, Roger Osorio. I am a reinvention coach and an author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passions, and Purpose. I am here today with Alessandra Veronesi, who is an author, a meditation guide, and relationship educator. After a 20-year career in the corporate world in New York City and Europe, she now resides in Milan, Italy. Her latest book, A New Banana, Unpeel Yourself and Elevate Your Relationships, is one of many projects dedicated to helping others see the light within themselves. So, Alessandra, let's start off with your reinvention story at a really high level. You've had many really interesting stops. So kind of give us like what those major stops were. And the cool part is some of those stops we have in common. So for all I know, we could have run into each other at a coffee shop at some point. But tell us a little bit about your your, your overall kind of timeline on your journey to reinvention. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if we did run into, each, run other. into each other. And so, gosh, my journey gosh, my starts... Journey starts I am the daughter of an Italian and an American. So I lived a lot of my life back and forth between continents. And it wasn't until I went to college in New Jersey, I went to Rutgers University, I started my career and we could call it the tried and true path. So corporate insurance, you know, that larger corporation, things like this. And I always had a desire to move back to Italy. So right after I completed my MBA in 2017, I just went for it and moved to Italy. And so that's almost six years ago. That is actually six years ago today. And I continued my career in wealth management, software, private equity. And in the middle of all that, as for all of us in the world, COVID happened. And COVID was quite impactful for me because what ended up happening was I discovered meditation And I discovered a new perspective on life, as well as a new perspective on what my old perspective actually was. And and things that I didn't know I was seeking were answered in that process of, you know, awakening, if we want to call it that. Of course, we're always evolving and awakening. So that brings us kind of to this point. I... I started writing meditations for others, sharing them with a group of friends, initially a smaller group, which grew, put together a book, and now I'm putting together a couple of businesses to to work with the book, always on that theme. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I mean, I, you know, I think that one thing that all of us can relate to, of course, is the impact that the pandemic had on all of us, right? It's something that we all experience. It's one thing that we can all agree that we experienced together. And a lot of the folks that I've been interviewing for this podcast have shared with me, you know, their, their version of how the pandemic impacted them. And it's, so it's really interesting to get to hear this. And I know we're going to go deeper into 
what some of those specific discoveries were for you and and how they turned into some of the things that you're working on today, including the book. Uh, and you mentioned, for instance, you know, now you write meditations for others. And I and I just want to grab onto that for a moment. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about what that what what that is? Like what do you mean by that when you say that? Sure. So, so meditation changed my life. Changed my life. And I'm a writer, and I also trained in voiceover. So, which on my free time, it wasn't, I didn't even know the purpose of when I started doing that, but I had access to a school in the city and thought, why not? I enjoy the Verizon voice, and I would like to be the new one. So that was my initial. I love that. I know the voice. Oh my gosh. So I was really into voiceover, realized it was, you know, not what I totally wanted to do, but it came in very handy. And of course, when you find something that works for you in any realm, you get excited and you want to share it. So that's kind of what happened with me is I am a writer also, and I like using my voice. And so I wanted to share my own version of reflections as they were hitting me through my meditations to others who at the time were at home during the pandemic and going through very similar challenges related to you know loneliness or perspective or who we are or you know our purpose and just like those ex- existential crises that many of us had during that time yeah you know what I, what i take away from that story that i think is really interesting and empowering for our listeners is there was an interest you had at one point in the voiceover work and who knew that would come back in this format, right? But it was something you pursued an interest at the time, not really setting some sort of expectation like I must become the greatest voiceover actress on the planet. You just said, I want to explore this interest and this curiosity. Let's go take a class on it. And well, there it is. And there was a class. And then of course, you know, meditation enters your life. And then you get this idea, like, what if I could share my own meditations with others and be able to do that? And when we hear about people who bring these ideas to life, and we always find out about it once it's really taken off and becomes something, you know, just massive, what we rarely hear is like how it starts and that it's the culmination of things that happen throughout your life. And I think that this is just like a perfect story to help us see how you never really know what's already possible right now if you're thinking about reinventing yourself. For all we know, you have the ingredients, you have the building blocks. It's just a matter of reassembling them like you did in order to bring this new idea to life. Exactly. I mean, it's like a mosaic, right? Or, you know, there's also that classic business example. It's not linear. It's a jungle gym. But I prefer saying mosaic because really I've been the things that I'm so surprised I end up using from my past were all choices I made in life based on happy in curiosity. And at the time, I think I had gotten a surprise bonus at work and it was like $1,500. And I was like, well, let me take voiceover. It was either between that or Pilates certification. <laughs> I, just, okay. I just went for it. It, it called me. I... It was a challenge that I was, you know, felt safe to take and it gave a little Mm -hmm. bit of spice in my insurance life at the time. So, yeah, it really is important. I think whatever you, anyone feels, uh, brings them joy and Mm -hmm. a little bit of an element of challenge, perhaps. Go for it. If you feel expansive when you think about it and seemingly it might not make any sense, go for it. Even better. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that, 
and I'm sure you can confirm if, if I'm wrong here, but I think that it, and it probably just started off as a small experiment. The first, the first few, like it wasn't this, I'm going to launch a massive company with like a, a library of 4,000 meditations that are ready to rock and roll on day one. It was probably like, let me just put one out there and send it to some people and see what happens. I mean, was that, was it closer to... Of course. It was no pressure. It was really just actually driven by a desire to be of service in case it can help. And we had so much time on it. At least I had a lot of time on my hands. In Italy, Mm -hmm. the lockdown was quite intense. So, you know, you can only clean your kitchen so many times. And so I got to a point where I was like, let me try this. And mm-hmm. it felt safe, and I took my work cell phone and my laptop and my personal phone, and I had like the music, the words I had written, and the recorder in my closet for the soundproof. Yeah. And I just did it, and you know, some people loved it, other people invited more, and some people dropped off, which is cool too. But and some people really were impacted, even were crying from yeah. them. You know, we needed, we all needed like a warm hug during that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. And, and you were in Italy, which was one of the toughest hit areas, you, you know, is where some of the, 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 where it broke out in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, you know, just from what we were listening, like in the news that we were getting, I mean, that was a tough place to be. So I'm sure that the warm hugs were needed probably on a whole nother level than even what we had to experience here in, in New York, New Jersey. I mean, yes, it was tough here as well, but you know, that was a tough moment there. And again, you know, going back to this idea, like this is the building blocks were there, the ingredients are there and you were able to bring this thing to life. You followed a curiosity and which started back when you were in New York and you decided to take these classes that to your point could have been Pilates, but you chose voiceover. And now you brought this skill into this moment and you said, let me give, let me give this a shot. The other thing that I think is really important here is that when I talk to people who are thinking about reinventing themselves, there are many who are thinking about how can I also do something that not only aligns with me, but makes a bigger impact. And for some, that meant that maybe what they were doing today or in the moment was not delivering as direct an impact to people as they would have liked. And so you with this story you're you're giving us all permission and inviting us to say to to start making an impact on people right away because to your point yeah some people dropped off but some stayed and mm-hmm. and had moments and cried and 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 told you thank you i needed this like i needed this moment and i needed this opportunity and so this is a really special time i mean i think people have always been able to make an impact but we definitely have a gift with technology and everything you said, like I, we can't ignore the fact that thanks to great technology, the fact that you could take a laptop into your closet, you know, close the door with a microphone and start recording these and then to have a place to publish them very quickly on your own, right? As, as an individual, not a massive company who has to go publish on some, you know, big network or anything like that. That's, I mean, that is almost, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to call it easy, but I mean, I think it's, it's simple. The work could be hard, but the process now, thankfully is simple to begin making an impact. So I think the permission or the invitation here for anyone listening is that if you're in a job right now, that doesn't feel right, or you want to make more impact. So maybe the job does feel right, but you just don't, you wish that you were making more direct impact. 
you could still find that thing. You might have the ingredients right there under your nose. And it's just a matter of finding a way to create that outlet in your life outside of your day job and put these things out there and know that, yeah, you will be making an impact directly right away. And it's okay if, you know, 40,000 people don't sign up on day one. It, uh, I mean, I've, I've done the small rooms with just a handful of people and I just figure, wow, well, you all are about to get like a lot of value and a lot of attention because, you know, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do anyway, just like you are going to still deliver your meditation anyway, regardless yeah. whether it was one person or a thousand people like on the live stream or however you did it. Sure. And I think other than, as you said, it's easy. So what, what it comes down to is getting out of our own way. And I think sometimes the toughest thing is accepting that when you show up, that still has a value to the universe, to the energy, to the supportive, you know, future that may be in store for you. And like you said, not to expect or need 40,000 people to immediately absorb your content or be, you know, super fans. It's, it's about doing something from within. In fact, that was my biggest realization and takeaway during COVID was external validation is temporary and absolutely unreliable. So if we can go within and provide ourselves with that level of acceptance and love, that radiates outwards. And that actually creates the right energy for alignment and for the right people to come to you. And in the beginning, it's really important to have you know, support and not be offended that, you know, everybody's not supporting you just because you would. But once you cross that threshold, then you'll see that people will come and it's the right people and they're passionate and they're enthusiastic and they want to have more from you. So just get out of your own way in the beginning. Just go for it. You know, one of the things that that you talk about in the book is when when we figure out, when we learn who we are in our truth, and I'm grabbing some little quotes or snippets here, you know, and you grow stronger in your knowing, you attract better and better things. And I think you also mean, like you just said, people as well, you start to bring attract the right people when you're doing that. Um, and that, I mean, I, I've experienced that as well, I think with when I really leaned into some of the things that I've been most passionate about, including what I'm doing today. But when I was even a math teacher, I mean, it, it was just incredible, like, wow. And mm -hmm. The other thing about, you know, you mentioned this point about it doesn't matter it, you when you're doing something that's so aligned, it doesn't really matter how many people are in the audience. Um, but even like when I heard, I heard somebody say recently, you know, imagine for a moment that you have, you know, per podcast episode, a hundred listens, which would be way lower than like when you look at the rock stars like Lewis Howes and and the Mind Valley podcast and all these other crazy ones. I mean there, there's probably like a, I don't know hundreds of thousands per episode, you know, and all of that. But somebody said, "Imagine if every day or every week you had a room full of 100 people mm -hmm. listening to what you're working on or what you're doing or whatever your message is. I mean, would you not be kind of blown away by that?" Yeah. And, you think, and I thought, wow, I love that way of putting it. Like, you know, because it just shows us that, you know, if, if you are doing your work and you're regularly getting 10, 20, 30, or up to 50 or 100 people, you know, it may not seem like the 40,000 that other or the 100,000 that others are getting. But if you think about it, that adds up and it's compounding. So mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe that just means do more of this because every time you do it, it's another 40. And so, you know, those small numbers add up over time and, and you are making an impact. It, you know, it's, it's like, it's there. It's something we couldn't do before if it, there were, the channels were locked before, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you and I can relate to this because of just kind of our generation. You know, there was a time where like, there was no internet. So we had to, like whatever the channel was, whether it was television or whatever, we needed someone's permission and approval in order to get time in front of audiences. And now we can just decide to do it. Exactly. And it's an invitation to continue evolving and staying true to yourself. And so whether it's many or fewer at first, you're still authentically expressing yourself and evolving yourself. And it's ultimately... It's a self journey, journey. although Although it's amazing to have relationships and that's also what it means to be human is to have all of these wonderful experiences with others. So look at it as, you know, you living your own movie and challenging yourself and creating something new. And, you know, I can relate from a corporate perspective. It can be difficult. Someone who's really good and performs really well in a corporate environment working for someone else Sometimes it's really just that mental click and giving yourself permission to understand that, you know, what works there might not fully work and you might need to shift mindsets when you go into something off on your own. And that's okay because it, it will expand you into this new freedom mentality. And once you do it, it just has so much value energetically. So it's, it's really, even if it doesn't need to become a company, even if you are okay and happy with your path in, in a corporation, pursuing with curiosity and interest anything that may feel like it's calling you or give you a sense of accomplishment or a sense of challenge and achievement then then it's it's amazing i mean i paint i'm not selling any paintings but when i'm painting i am so in the moment and so delighted and so grateful that I'm just doing it for that. It has so much value. Yeah, it's value for you. I mean, I think that that's something that I run into when I'm working with, you know, some of my clients and audiences at different events I've spoken at where there's this concern that whatever it is that they're doing to explore who they are and what they're passionate about, there has to be some scorecard and it's usually financial. Mm -hmm. And, And if it's not if you don't score financially, then was it really a success? Was it really worth it? And I love this story because the answer you're sharing is yes, it is worth it. It's worth it on another scorecard, perhaps not even perhaps, no, a more important scorecard, your scorecard. And, and this is a great segue to my next question with, which is I want to explore with you, your definition of success today. I mean, I think I just got a taste of it. You know, it's doing something like painting for yourself, not because you have to sell your artwork, not because you have to become, you know, the next, you know, whatever artist that you might compare yourself to. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's that you do it for you because this is something that lights you up, makes you feel good. Tell us, let's talk about your definition of success today. Sure. Well, my definition, my definition of, success of success is quite simple. It's liking who I am where I'm going and how I'm doing it. And recognizing that success is, it's a feeling, it's, it's not a destination. Every top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So if we're doing life right, then things are gonna feel scary and interesting. And sometimes we're gonna have peaks and sometimes we're gonna have valleys. 
So who are you in each of those moments? Do you like yourself? And what is your perception of, you know, infinite possibilities in life? Do you feel free? Do you feel like life is here for for you, like to really experience joy and connection? And, you know, I I think not everyone, luckily, because at the end of the day, in a, in a beautiful world, nobody will have this problem. But many people that have a lot of zeros on their bank account, they don't have a lot of freedom. So, like you said, there's different scorecards. Ultimately, it's good to have balance in a variety of realms. And that's where we're all going. But at the very least, like if you're happy with yourself, you know, <laughs> that would be a good yeah, way. Yeah, and what I... And what I'm hearing there a little bit too, and and please like just respond to this in any way you want, but what, I mean, a lot of these things are determined by then our values, our, our passions, our purpose. And this is something I talk a lot about. And as we think about our individual scorecard, you know, I mean, when I think about my own definition of success, a lot of it has to do with living by my values. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is important, being able to live up to that no matter where I am, whatever circumstance or scenario I'm in, no matter what the pressure might seem like to maybe break or go against my values, standing by them and standing firmly by them for me is like a big win. And unfortunately, a lot of times like those moments, well, not a lot of times, but definitely there have been times where I feel like it, it costs me the, if there was a financial scorecard, it costs points on the financial scorecard to stand by my values. I also wonder if I look back one day, like, you know, 30, 40 years from now, what will, what will I remember more? What will I be prouder of myself for? And, and I believe that I'm going to be prouder of myself for standing by my values. So when I think a lot about when, when you were describing it, you know, it's a feeling. And I wonder if that feeling is somewhat powered by just an awareness. And you talk about this in your book of who you are. Can you riff on that a bit? Yeah. So many thoughts just came through. So I agree. It's about figuring out yourself. So that's why the book is called Unpeel Yourself. It doesn't mean we need to become, you know, just awareness with no name, etc. Although some schools of meditation go that far. But it is about understanding that well-intentioned people with their own stories and their own cultural backgrounds, as well as your own socio-demographic content, context, raised you. And so there's inevitably going to be some things that are generally applicable, but not personally. And so discovering what we're clear on and what we stand for is absolutely one of the first steps. I wrote about it in the book. There was a period of my life where I would often ask for advice and people would tell me, well, what do you want to do? And I would say, I don't know. I'm asking you, I need help with this. And, you know, it sounds it sounds silly, but I truly struggled sometimes knowing what I wanted because I was like looking around. And so when you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. And so the first step is really getting clear on what your values are and and how it feels like to live to, to follow your arrow of truth in life, um, which is quite important and not compromising those values, as you said, in the beginning of my journey, a couple of a couple of months into working on this project full time, I was offered a very large sum of money. And it was wonderful in theory and on paper. And the person who was offering it to me, it just didn't feel right. It was conditional. 
And it was not an arrangement that I cared to be in for five years with with this particular person. As much as I wished it to feel freeing, it felt more like an entrapment. So I had to make a choice. You know, of course, money is energy. So when we were accepting certain energy, and I, and because I'm, I really want everything to feel free. I want to be the person I think I am that others see, and there was no way that I could move forward with that sort of feeling. And so I made a choice to go with my savings <laughs> and move forward in that way. And everything that has manifested, that's quite a buzzword, but everything that has come forward since has been, I can honestly say, has been pure and according to my values. So it is important to say no. And as you said, sometimes, sometimes I spend money in order to get a lesson from the universe, but, but, it, but it's okay because that's helping me in another way. And that's eventually going to pay back in other ways. And I've seen it happen. So, yeah. Let, let's actually, so this is a great segue to another question. Let's unpack this. You know, you, you just mentioned that you had an opportunity to take a big payday from someone and you know it didn't feel right you went with your with your gut on this one and you decided nope i'm not going to take this the alternative was to draw on your savings and 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 bet on yourself basically offer yourself a, a nice payday to go do something that felt significantly more aligned that so this question of money is something that comes up a lot with people I talk to when it comes to reinvention. And it comes in so many different shapes and forms. So I'll just kind of set it up. I want to give you a bit of a context of how I always hear because it, it reflects a lot about what maybe my listeners are thinking about. And then I want you to comment, of course, on your experience. So people, you know, I can't leave my current job because the salary I get maintains a lifestyle that I've already committed to. And, you know, I've got to maintain that or, you know, like there's you know, I can't afford to reinvent myself right now. I can't afford to do those things that I love at the moment. I've got to like, you know, earn an income or whatever it might be. And so there's a lot of challenges around money or I, I don't have anything, you know, I feel like I, I, I can't take a risk like this or there's so many things around money that I hear. And by the way, I've experienced a lot of them too. So I also know a lot of these firsthand. So it plays a massive role in a journey to reinvention, because just by the nature of the decision, it's a radical shift from where you can, where a very certain life with a lot of certainties, including financial, you know, certainties to a very uncertain life where you're going to go on a path that you've been on for some, for a few years now that, you know, by your own choosing, but it, it as you know, is, is uncertain. Mm -hmm. And you took a bet on yourself. Tell us more about that process to get to that point where you could say that, because, and also what you felt, like the good and the bad feelings before that decision around invest, you know, spending your own money on this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, again, it's an inner job. So it's all about the evolution of yourself. And if I hadn't achieving as you, I didn't just stop everything and move forward. So for a couple of years, I was actually working at the same time that I was bringing forward these projects because of course, realistically, we have expenses in this world. So um, in, in situations where, and I will say that we think we don't have time, we always have time to do something. And 
if it feels like we don't have the time, then it might not be the right thing because you can, anything can be figured out, whether Whether you do it, you get help doing it, someone else does it for you, or you don't do it. But those are your options. Yes. I always say like when we meet, when there's something we really want to do, I want to go see that movie. All of a sudden I have time to go make, to go to the movie theater and watch that. Or if I want to hang out with a friend and, you know, go get drinks with them or go do something, whatever it is. Whatever that activity is, there's always, like, if you want it, you end up making time. And you could say all day long, I'm super busy, I'm super busy, I'm super busy. But we make time, like, for things that we really want. And I think that's an important distinction that you're making here because, yes, this is another objection that comes up a lot. You make it work. You make it work when it when it's the right thing, when it's something that truly feels aligned. I think the hardest part is getting clarity sometimes particularly if you know we're people that don't have trouble taking responsibility in a job i mean uh, what we need is our own self validation and in order to do that a clear plan can help so until that comes patience is important and and really just feeling what feels good right now without bringing it to scalable intense levels or, or with expectations of that although you know scalability is an important quality in any endeavor we take but yeah really just allowing yourself to play in certain spaces and being indifferent to the things that make a difference so if you were counting on something huge to happen or you need something you need this huge situation to come through in order for you to finally be ready to do something and then what if that doesn't happen is that means that you're just going to go with the flow and stop or are you going to draw upon yourself like that that power of creation and 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 trust that you're here if you're feeling a discomfort if you're feeling like there's a little bit of a void or something is missing even if you don't know what it is that is a calling of sorts and play with that and if you have a comfortable role right now that's allowing you to have a lifestyle that's helpful to you there's no need to change that either there is space there is space to to navigate and you know not everybody can just leave the corporate world and and dedicate themselves fully but it's also easier sometimes as much as it's unpleasant to to be able to focus on something while you don't have that financial pressure specifically when you made the decision to draw on savings and mm-hmm. to start doing that and, and this is and the reason why I want to talk about this is because I mean I went through a similar journey where when I had to draw on savings and I thought but isn't this for later Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I had all these things I had to go through before I could rationalize or, or feel comfortable, I, sh- I guess, I, more importantly, arrive at the decision to do that. What were some of the concerns or fears or thoughts you had in making that decision to draw on savings? What's the safest, What's the safest thing safest but bet on, but on yourself? But it's also the scariest, also the scariest thing. thing. I had some previous had some experience previous in the experience. sense that I had already I had made already a big made investment. Big investment in myself in in the past on personal development, energy work. Someone really wonderful helped me clear out some blocks and really make sense of, you know, what I wanted to do. And I remember it was like 9,000 euros to pay for this work. And I was so torn up about it. I had it at the time. I mean, it was not a, luckily not a problem, but it was like, I could buy a car though. It was either a car or it was my development. (laughs) And so it wasn't like I was like, 
pennies in a in a bucket it was like it was a little bit more significant for me but what ended up happening was within two weeks of spending that money I unexpectedly received 11,000 in my account, which was incredible. And I had no idea it was coming. It's part of some type of a Italian thing. When you leave your job, they give you back some money. But I had no idea that this occurred in this country. And when I made the choice, it was zero sum. Like when it's done, it's done. Like nine plus one is 10. There's nothing outside of that. So, so I had that anchoring memory from a couple of years back. And mm-hmm. so I had already sort of experienced that moment where it's so scary to bet on yourself, but look at how assisted we can be if it's in alignment. And so when it finally came to be the moment to make this decision, I was quite torn because it was a beautiful amount of money. I won't lie. I spent many, many weeks thinking about it. I even got a tarot reading. I was like, what do I do? And But it was energetically, the, it felt good. It felt like the right thing to do. It felt like I had authentic freedom in my choices. And so it felt expansive. And uncertainty is is there to show us sometimes where we can trust. And I, I forget who says this quote. I think it's Terrence McKenna, actually, the one with the mushrooms. And it says, you know, when you jump, you're afraid of falling down a void, but then you realize you're, you're held by a bed of feathers. So if you make that leap, that's it has to be done blindly. Mm-hmm. in a way, in a way with, uh, with good intention with good and with intention trust. With and, and, you and you do find that you are held. You are and held. in fact, in fact when, I when I made that move, move so many beautiful so things many opened, things up, for opened up for me. And mm-hmm. so many ideas, so many came, ideas to came to me that were more aligned with aligned what I want to do. And it doesn't necessarily involve some of the plans that were discussed in this particular agreement, which were more financially driven rather than mm-hmm. heart-based. Yep. You know, that's that's really interesting about this moment where you made that really big invest. There was a moment where I decided to invest in coaching. And I was in, I was teaching middle school math at the time. And, and you might remember from your time in the U.S., teachers are usually not very well paid. And so to make a decision to take on a coach and, and pay for a year-long contract was not an easy one. I, I actually first had to almost beg them to make an exception for a teacher and say, can you let me just do a short-term contract first just to see what's what? Because, you know, I really can't afford to, you know, take this thing and then not work out. And then I saw how much value there was. And then I made the decision to go all the way in for the rest of the year. And all of that was taken on a credit card. So it wasn't even money I had. There was no, back then there was no money to draw on from savings or anything like that. And, and I'm not, you know, advising anybody to put it on your credit card and that'll be fine or anything like that. What I am saying is that it was a tough decision. Like I had to really make that. But once I made it and once I started to, I think that one of the things that happens when we do that, and it is an aligned decision because I think we can throw money away at, at, things that weren't right for us that that happens too. And and I see your head nodding there. And you did refer to that earlier that, you know, it happens, you spend money on training or something that just wasn't right. Mm -hmm. This was right. And I, but I think, so it was right in the sense that it was aligned, but it was also right because, because it was aligned, I made it right. You know, I made this count and, and I have a feeling like just, you know, from what we've talked about, 
you made that moment count too, because that played such a massive role that basically adjusted the course of your life. You know, that 9,000 euros changed the course of your life once and for all. And it put you on a path where, well, here we are, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about no return. (laughs) Yeah. And the path of no return in, in such a great and beautiful way. So it's amazing that that it happened. And I think that for me, like that's been one of those things. And, and it sounds like for you, that was a breakthrough moment. A question that I that I always love asking is what was a moment? And maybe this was one of them. Maybe you have another one to share. But a moment where you knew life would never be the same, where you had this kind of breakthrough where you're like, wow, now that I've done that, huh, that changes everything. Like, like life will never be the same again. Was there, would would you count that as one of those moments? Is there another moment like that where you knew life would never be the same again? Yes. So that could count. I mean, there's so many beautiful moments in life when you start listening that it's like, I'm never tired and I'm never not surprised when something goes wonderful. It's so beautiful and a lot to be grateful for. But I would say the catalyst to all of this was this one moment the first time that I, I cannot ex- explain it any differently, when I felt this spark of a connection within myself at a random moment in my meditation, I was flooded with light. And for that moment, which lasts within me still today, I realized how simple it is it like is we are the solution, solution to ourselves. And if we have ourselves, we are here. We just need to listen and feel that. And it, it you know, it sounds, I don't know, maybe kumbaya, but it really was an incredible moment in my life where I just went, hold up. I am the chips. I am the salsa. I am the bag. And I am the mouth that eats it. I am all of these things. Why did I spend all this money on therapy? <laughs> like, this is amazing. Like the solution is right here. And and when you feel that, you can never not anchor back into that moment. And I think that's what drives me to share these meditations. Because in the right moment, when it hits someone in the right way, if that feeling can be sparked, then you're good. That's all we need. That's a breakthrough moment right there. I appreciate you sharing that one. I feel like once you hit a moment like that, well... I mean, it really, life is never the same again because of what you know now. And I love the way you put it. You know, you're, you're the dip, you're the chips, Everything. you know, you're the hand that, and, and you're the mouth all at once and, yep. and you're the bag. <laughs> I think you also mentioned. So you, and, and that, I, I mean, that for me is a, actually a, a driving force in what I do. It's what got me into teaching. I, I've always believed that, uh, you know, any of my students have it within themselves to become a great math student, no matter how much they're struggling today. And I loved working with the students that were struggling the most because that's where I'm like, you know, this is where it really counts to have the breakthrough happen here. And I always saw it. Everyone was capable of doing it. Everyone was capable of doing it. And, you know, with, with a little bit of nudging, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of that, of teaching, boom, it was all there. I, I mean, I often say like, I, I can't take much credit when, when a student thanks me, uh, I, I would say, well, 
I mean, you got to really think about what you're thanking me for. Just be clear on what you're thanking me for, because I don't want you to walk away from this thing thinking that I was the key to all of this. Oh. You were, you were, you were the key. And to maybe do my own ver- version of the metaphor, you were the key. You were the keyhole, and you were the <laughs> hand that turned the key. You know, yeah. I, I was, I was just there watching, <laughs> and I might have just pointed out the keyhole for you. And that's really all I did was point out the keyhole for you. And once I did that, you were able to do the rest on your own and you were able to open that door and walk through it. And, you know, I'm, and I'm just glad you were able to do that. And I think it's important that people recognize that because when you have these moments where you break through a difficult time and you find your way to the other side to where you want to be, you know, it's, it's nice, of course, to, to be grateful for those who played a role in helping us do that. But it's also important that we recognize, wait, what part did I play in this? Because that will surely impact how we go about other things as we enter the next challenge and knowing that I can do this, like I can do this. And this is a, this is a powerful breakthrough that, that you had. And it's cool to hear that you've decided then to share that through your meditations because you want to create that for others as well. Yes. I mean, I think as, if, as long as we can help others get to that place, one, the job is never done until, until everybody realizes how unique and special they are and that they deserve to feel fulfilled in life, that they deserve to see joy, that they deserve to love themselves. And I can't think of anything more important right now as you know the world is kind of going in all of its own crazy places and directions. And there's so much disconnection that I see, and I'm very much in connection with the US and also Europe and I have many friends who are feeling disconnected and feeling like something is missing in life and maybe numbing themselves unfortunately with substances and things like that and you know when you feel this feeling it's a practice you know it's not like you just go to the gym one time and the rest of your life you're in good shape you feel this feeling it feels better than drinking and it you just don't want to take that away. You don't want to feel, I mean, sure, it's, I enjoy a glass of wine and, you know, it's celebrations and that kind of thing, of course. And yeah. I, it's not that that's not going to be part of my life. But I did make a choice recently that in order to serve myself and others better, personally, I would like to enjoy my days without drinking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just gives me so much more freedom to be in touch with my own feelings and to be making the most of every day. That's, that, so that's something that I, you know, we talked about in our prep call, and I wanted to expand on because I think that's really interesting. You, you, you shared this idea that, you know, that that drinking. Let me, and I want to actually pull up the quote from our conversation. But that there are things, and 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 drinking isn't isn't the only one. There's a few things you mentioned that keep us from getting to know who we really are, and this is incredibly important on the journey to reinvention. Because one of the things that I, I mean, bake in as the as the assumption of you know the baseline, right, is that we have to know who we are first. We have there, there's no way to build a life aligned with your values, passions, and purpose. If you don't know your values, your passions, your purpose, you have to get to know them. And, you know, I love helping people figure that out in their own ways. But you're addressing this interesting point about what keeps us from getting to know that better, keeps us from getting to know ourselves better. Can you expand on that a little bit? Getting to know ourselves involves a lot of processing sometimes difficult emotions. And it's when we come out the other side that we have a big revelation. 
So if we choose instead, I'm not saying every time, um, you know, it's okay to have some exceptions, but if we choose to numb ourselves with a certain substance or with a certain behavior that takes us away from feeling those uncomfortable feelings, then eventually um, we're missing out on growth. And over the years, you know, our our own emotional maturity <laughs> is impacted by that. And so it is uncomfortable at first to make certain choices like this because it does feel really good and it is normalized to, you know, have a drink after a long day. And and I I know this because I've done this. <laughs> I I went to college. I lived in, you know, I went to happy hours. I, you know, I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I think what's important think what's is important to be honest with ourselves. Am I growing right now? Or because we all know deep down inside when we're doing something and for what purpose. And so the more you numb away certain feelings, the more you're taking away a chance for growing faster and for finding new peaceful realizations as to why that discomfort was taking place and also insights. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally get what you're saying in terms of, you know, I've had my own thoughts about my drinking and, and what, and what, what I drink and why I drink it. And one of the things that, because to your point, you're not even saying that, oh, drinking is a bad thing or it's, you know, it's something evil. It's, and your decision to stop is for a very particular reason, for a very strategic reason and intentional reason that matters to you. And, you know, when I, when I started to reflect on this, one of the things that I decided was I, I want to drink to appreciate what I'm drinking and enjoy it mm-hmm. for the craft of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to drink just to drink. And so that was like a rule I wanted to set with myself because there were moments where, yeah, I drank too much and then I, I didn't like that feeling. And I, and then, you know, you know, there was uh, someone that I, I interviewed in season one who talks about this, the, you know, the kind of like the gray, gray area drinking and, and this, and this idea of like, well, you know, I kind of drink here and there, but, and she, there was a post she shared about a moment where, you know, she was going to go to a concert with, with her partner. And then they, they had some drinks beforehand. And in the end, she barely remembers the, the concert. And it's not even that she got like, had, even that much. It was just enough to not remember that moment. And it was just like, wow. You know, and when I think about that in the context of, you know, what you were saying, getting to know ourselves better. I mean, yeah, if you can't remember certain moments, it becomes very hard to get to know ourselves if we can't remember what we experienced, what we felt and all of those things. And so I I had a moment like that where I thought, how do I, how do I decide on this? And for me, it was a rule. It was a rule that I wanted to enjoy the craft. And so for me, wine is something that I have just become in love with in terms of the art, the craft, the science of it, you know, the stories of the winemakers. And so the the bar that my wife and I set for that is, you know, when we, when we get a bottle of wine, it has to be something new, something that we learn from, something that we can appreciate with an interesting story. And then in that case, you know, we can actually spend more because we're not looking to buy lots of bottles. We just want to buy one really interesting bottle Absolutely. with an interesting story. And then, you know, having that little rule. And, and so there's so many ways of looking at this, how we make those decisions and what those decisions can be. What are all the possibilities based on, 
you know, our life. But for and the and another one that for me is similar is coffee. I don't like drinking coffee. You know how you said, you know, at the end of a long day, you have to have a glass of wine or have to have a drink. You know, that kind of becomes a thing, like almost a culture. Well, then there's the like, I can't start my day without a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I came to the coffee game late in life. Like I think I was in I was 28 or 29. And the same thing, I like when I got into coffee, I decided I don't want it to be something that I have to have in the morning. I want it to be something that I want to have, that I want to enjoy. And, and now I make my own pour over. I grind my own beans, you know, and, and it's a whole experience in the morning to make my coffee. And and for me, part of the, the fulfillment of it is the making of the cup of coffee, you know, make, grinding the beans, doing all of that. And then, and then of course, getting to drink it is a nice little, you know, ending to that experience. But it's again, with a lot of intention and a lot of that, I, a lot of what I hear you talk about, it seems that a big theme in your life is intention. The role that intention plays in so many of the things you're doing now, ever since you've had some of these breakthrough moments in your life, intention has driven a lot of what you do. Can you expand on that? Absolutely. And I'll just say, I agree with you about the wine. One of my rules is if it's worth more than my outfit, I will try it. I love that. There we go. Depends on the outfit. But um, (laughs) this is a rule for me. I mean, of course, I appreciate a very, you know, the story behind something. And yeah. But yeah, so in terms of intention, I think it's really important. Lately, I've had this new mantra that's working really well for me, which is. First create and then consume. So in a gentle way, I've explained also this boundary to my connections and just saying that basically I'll reply to your messages in the evening after I've had my full day. So now I'm no longer 24 hours reachable, of course. I'm, I'm human. I mean, if I see a message that requires attention, I'm there. But I think it's really important Initially, you want to say yes to a lot of things because you're opening up, you know, to this new world and you want to learn, you know, what you like. And so it's really good to experiment. But at a certain point, it's actually more important the things you say no to because that's what drives you to be more efficient in what you do. And every time you, every time I choose now to get involved with something and I've learned the hard way, what is my intention behind it? So what is my intention behind being on this podcast? Well, there's a good intention there. I I hope that someone maybe will connect with our dynamic and it will spark something within them. But I've also said no to situations which, you know, as one of them we mentioned before, but also other invitations that have involved even meeting celebrities. And for some reason, I was like, well, the only reason I'm going is kind of like to social climb because I'm FOMOing. So... Maybe I should, maybe, maybe my energy is best spent elsewhere. And also those things have brought reward. So the intention behind anything we do, um, we just check in with ourselves rather than going for something because it seems so good. But, you know, when you learn that you're enough, then you really don't need external validation to make your choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love what you said about you know, really knowing why we do something or why, you know, even that example about an opportunity to meet some celebrities and, and, you know, checking in with yourself around what your real intention is here and, and why you might think you want to do this versus do you really want to do this? Or, or maybe another question, is this aligned with, you know, what I actually care about right now? Mm -hmm. And you checked in with yourself and it wasn't, 
But you also acknowledged that there was a part of you that thought, well, there's a little bit of FOMO there. Like, you know, hey, you're human, right? Like, we're all human. And so we, we have these feelings. And, and I love that you just made that distinction, because I think that it, it's easy to think, oh, I, I need to just have my head on so perfectly straight that I only see everything perfectly clearly, like, and, and my intentions are always perfect. And it's like, yeah, the intentions, I feel like are exact, they, they, they can play out the way you just did it. You acknowledged what you felt, that initial kind of knee-jerk reaction to maybe want to go. And then you checked in with yourself as to whether this mattered or not, whether this was really something you care about. And you made a decision based on that. And thus you acted intentionally by not going to that activity. That it, I mean, I feel like that's something we could just like glide right over like nothing, but that's huge. Like that, imagine applying that to so many other things, decisions around, you know, maybe an event to go to or a course to take or a business opportunity or, you know, to your point, the opportunity to take that deal, you know, that would have paid you quite nicely. Same thing. You know, obviously there were some knee jerk reaction feelings there, but you stopped, checked in with yourself and made a decision that was more aligned with who you are and then proceeded to act on that and and that revised intention, if you will. Absolutely. And I'll add to that. In many of the cases where I eventually said no, it was because the yes was more fear driven. So if we, you know, and sometimes it's disguised as something else, but deep down, um, when we're saying yes because we're afraid, then that's an energy to explore and understand what that is and where, you know, where where that's like sitting with inside of you. So. In the case of that event with the celebrities, I was afraid that I would miss out. In the case with that yes. pile of money, I was afraid I wouldn't have enough. In in the case of other situations, maybe it's like an external validation. Do we really need that? Or is there something that I need to give myself? And it, it, sometimes everything lines up and it's a great party. I mean, I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> there you go. And, and, but it, and I, I think that fear part can also go the other way in terms of am I feeling this fear factor right now because it's actually something that's outside of my comfort zone and I do want. I mean, I I have this rule with myself that when I feel this kind of fear, right, and I'm pointing, but you can't see it too much, like right in the center of my chest, there's like this fear, anxiety, tension I feel when there's something scary. But it tends to be something that is scary because it's something I want, something that I want to be good at, something I want to learn more about or, you know, practice or whatever it might be, but I'm scared. I'm just scared. And and I've made a rule with myself that that's a signal that this is w- the direction I need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so fear can also be a nice indicator of where to go as well as where maybe not to go. Yeah. But a lot of this comes down again to checking in with ourselves, right? We have to ask ourselves the right questions, which then goes back to, we also have to know who we are so that, and when we know ourselves well, which to your point, there are things that can detract us from that. You know, it, it, you mentioned drinking is one of them and there are many other, other substances and other things that we do that keep us from getting to know ourselves. It's hard to do everything we just said. Yeah. You know, what we just said is grounded on a lot of assumptions. And and the big one being that we know ourselves enough to stop, ask, check in, and then decide how to move forward. And like for me, that rule, that rule guides me incredibly well. It's guided me to some of the greatest experiences of my life where, my gosh, things that 
changed my life forever where life was never the same again. And, and it was because I said, Oh no, I feel that feeling. I have to go to this thing now that I, that I didn't want to go to because I was scared, not because it was not aligned. It was actually because it was so perfectly aligned that it scared me and I have to listen to myself there. Yes, exactly. And, you know, to anybody who is on this journey towards discovering their own truth, it's, there's a reason it's your truth and for you to discover and all of these moments and you small, like silent victories and incredible achievements along the way that stem from listening to who you are, they, they each build on top of each other and you develop your own language with who you are and who you want to be and where you want to go. And when they are all the same thing, then it becomes a lot simpler to navigate through life and make choices and quickly decipher your intention. And the faster you can decide, the faster my life moves along. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this practice, this mantra you mentioned that you've been, one of the things I, I love to hear from guests about are some of their strategies their techniques, their, maybe their everyday rituals or habits, something that makes an impact. And they would say, you know what, life wouldn't be the same if I didn't do that little practice. And you said this, you know, create, then consume. I think is that, did I state that correctly? Yes. First create, then consume. Yeah. First create, then consume. Tell us more about that and, and how that shows up in your life. You gave us one example, but I'd love to for you to present it in such a way where we can borrow this. Absolutely. And I actually heard this. I want to give credit where credit is due. I actually heard this from Marie Forleo, and she is also a life a very successful coach. And it really hit home for me because when you, I think also another statistic, which was incredible, was that if we spend 30 minutes on our phones, just 30, doing whatever it is we're doing, if it's not important, that's 12,000 hours a year that you're doing something not towards your own growth. So seems innocuous, but 30 minutes a day, just that 30 minutes. doesn't mean we can't give it to ourselves. Yeah. But if I'm going to be honest, I think I was spending more than 30 minutes, you know, understand going online and writing messages to people. I mean, I live in Milan, but my friends are all over the world. So I'm lucky that I get messages from my friends. But if I try to keep up with them in real time, then that's all I'm doing with my life. So I just created this peaceful boundary where I only, with intention, I I choose the time of when it's appropriate for me to finally enjoy and go into that with, with, with like the right energy, because otherwise I'm just keeping up with messages all day long and multitasking can work, but it's much more effective to be in our own energy and first create then consume also relates to, you know, right now I'm finishing up the content for a course that I'm going to be launching and I want it to come from me and I want it to come from my, I wake up very happy in the morning. So I want to use that energy. And if we open up the news and we, you know, who knows what messages are going to hit us. We're not in control. And I want to keep that as long as I can throughout the day. doesn't mean I don't see people and I don't live my life in the present with friends and, and, and real life. But it just means that whatever's going on on my phone can wait. Yep. And it's about just being discerning about where I put my energy and 
you know, being a little bit more mindful about how I use my time. Yeah. Again, going back to the word intention, it's you're being intentional about when you do respond. It's not that you don't want to respond. It's It's not that you don't want to connect with your friends. It's that you want to do it when the time is right and when you've decided and not kind of let it consume you. I feel like that that's what ends up happening. And and I love what you said about how we use social media. I mean, you mentioned, you know, in your case, it's, it's act, you don't consider it a bad thing to stay connected to your friends. Obviously that's a, that's a cool thing. You know, there's times where I know that I know the difference between when I'm scrolling through and wasting time, like, wow, this is, this is, I guess what, you know, Marie Forleo was talking about right there. You know, like I know those moments when that's just, a, uh, that's, I don't want those 12,000 hours or whatever that was that you and said. And you never like feel I, good. No, it never feels good. It no. feels like, what was I just doing? Exactly. And this is, you know, something that I, I've used different techniques and methods, you know, you can um, block access to an app on your phone and things like that and only set it for certain hours. You know, I think the hard part for this as a, as a content creator is, you know, I, I also need to mm-hmm. somewhat be on it or at least keep an eye on it from time to time and all of that. I'm trying to figure out, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that in such a way where to use your word, I'm intentional about it. Like these are the moments I'll check in on that stuff. And then the rest of the time, it's actually cool. I don't have to check in on that exactly. because it is okay. And chances are, if I open it up, I'm just going to get into it. And usually for me, it's getting into it with other soccer fans around like, you know, mostly European leagues and arguing all those things, <laughs> you know, those kinds of arguments. And that's not a good use of my time. It's not something I really want to spend my time on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I at nighttime, I, I love, I really cherish when I can go back into my phone and listen to the voice messages and open up a interesting YouTube documentary mm-hmm. or, you know, podcast interview. I love that. And you relish it more. But Mm -hmm. all of these contents online, I mean, they're just so designed to get us to keep clicking and keep watching that it it really is this kind of like purgatory where you're just stuck in this vortex and you're like, I don't know why I'm still clicking. And And you know it, right? You know it as it's happening. We're aware. It's like we're aware, but yet we're still. It's the worst way of living in the moment. Still swiping. (laughs) This is not the right. Oh my gosh. What it's meant when they say to live in the moment. Yeah, that was definitely not it. No, I, I appreciate you sharing, expanding on that and telling us also where you got that from. So, you know, if we wanted to learn more about this idea of, you know, first create, then then consume. And I think that that's, you know, that the other thing that speaks to is living life on your terms is deciding what your terms are and setting those as the as the priority first and making sure you're taking care of that. And that shows up in so many ways. I mean, I think that shows up in one of the things I tell a lot of people who launch a reinvention project is that I recommend, I mean, yes, you could spend your evenings working on it. And that's cool if you have time in the evenings and you want to as well. But I still recommend starting your day with a little bit of that work because there's there's a message you're sending to yourself that you come first before your day job, before some company that you know that you work for that that will only be in your life for some period, some short period, most likely you are acknowledging that to yourself, that you come first every single day. You, whether it's reading first, going, working out, going for a walk, taking care of yourself first, it doesn't have to take, you know, an hour each. We're talking like, you know, even if you give yourself 15 minutes of this, 15 minutes of that, those things are important and you're sending a message to yourself. And I feel like that's part of that first create or maybe first, you know, prioritize yourself before you start 
consuming the other work and the other priorities of other people in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Building, building that foundation that will carry you on throughout the day and give you the ability to give more. Because when you've already filled your cup, then everything else that's left, you're happy to give it. But if you're kind of like, I don't know how much is here, and you just kind of give a little bit to everybody around you, and then at the end of the day, you're still thirsty, then maybe that's not the best order of operations. Mm-hmm. Let's... Do you have a, a few extra minutes? Do you have a little more time? I do. I do. Okay. There's two more questions I want to get into, and I don't know exactly how they will go. <laughs> so I just want to make sure you sure. have the, the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't start them. Cool. Let's talk about, you know, we've talked about one of these practices that you have that that powers you moving forward and that just gives you a nice, a really powerful guideline, let's say, for running your day so that you can set some rules. Let's talk about a something on the other side of that, on the other side of the coin, maybe something that's disempowering, a limiting belief or a disempowering belief that perhaps it could be one that you've recently overcome, or it could be one that you're still battling right now. Can you share that with us? Sure. So wasn't it Leo Tolstoy who said at the beginning of Anna Karenina, it was like every happy family is happy just the same and every unhappy family is different. I mean, in the reverse of this. So we all have kind of the same battles with, you know, we're not good enough. We're not, it's not going to work out just like the last time or, you know, so many of these thoughts can come through and I mean, it's, it's part of the mind. The mind plays tricks on us. The mind is, is certainly active in, you know, in, in our lives. So uh, limiting beliefs in the past would have certainly blocked me in my tracks and derailed me. Now I, I kind of, they still come through. I just look, I thank them and I'm sort of like, okay. And you know, we're going to get through. What's one that, what's one that, that you, you, you might say was a little tougher to shake? The other day I was having a particularly difficult, again, because it dated back to clarity. So I got a little bit unclear of where I wanted to take a direction in one of my projects. And so that made me a little bit more vulnerable to, to one of these limiting beliefs creeping through. And, and so I think something along the lines of, you know, maybe it's, you know, how do you know if this is going to work out? How do you know if this is the right choice? Like, you know, that sort of loop going on. But it was great because it was, when you hit a low point like that, there are tools available. And I knew that I was ripe for maybe a meditation, for something motivational. And I just quickly went and searched for other people's stories. And guess what? Everybody else had the exact same thing happening to them. So I realized I'm not alone in this. And I actually had a very raw moment where I just went outside on my terrace and the sun was shining and I just looked at the sun and I said, I'm scared. (laughs) And and the sun was the sun, you know, and you realize like, what does the sun symbolize? Like the strength of a new day. The sun is out there, whether it's raining or not, it's there behind the clouds. It shows up every day and it's doing its thing. And so once, once I got it out of my system, 
it was pretty freeing. Mm-hmm. And, I and I woke up the next morning, the next morning feeling, super grateful, feeling super grateful and, and ready to start on a new day and new just day. kind of like rolling my sleeves. Like, my here sleeves. we go again. And, go again. Um, it helps, um, it you helps. know, I get, I, I, I get a lot of supportive messages from people and, you know, that are consuming some of my content and buying the book and it's really, you know, helping with certain subjects that they're in in life. So this is what's encouraging to me as well. I mean, again, don't get attached. I mean, keep going and going, connecting deep within and what your purpose is. So yes, not being so clear for a couple of days as to my direction, uh, awakened some, you know, less desirable guests in my house and I just welcomed them in and they went away. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really important idea right there. I I, I have discovered in, in in my own reflections that there are moments where I have let in even old limiting beliefs that I thought I conquered. Mm. And they and I talk about them as if they snuck in. Mm-hmm. They snuck in, they found a nice little spot to camp out, you know, to really set up shop. And I didn't notice. And so for a while, I'm operating all good. I think everything is great. And then when it really shows up, I'm like, how the heck did you get in there? How did you manage to find the way in? And then I've got to go through some really deep reflections to figure out, well, where did you come in? Because I want to know so that I can uh, close that door (laughs) and not let you back in later on. But then, of course, you know, how do I now kick you out of my house to use your metaphor how do i get you out of my house because i I don't want you in there and i you know i I remember during covid during one of the lockdowns when i was spending it with my wife in dublin when she was still living out there it was like on a run and i still remember like i had this breakthrough i'm like oh my gosh like i think i was listening to something a the audio brendan bouchard's audiobook i think the the high performance habits by brendan bouchard and something he said in there just clicked and so even when a limiting belief you know can be it can seem obvious sometimes it's not sometimes it hides out in our in our house and we have to really be careful when it shows up but so i think this is a really interesting distinction you made about this idea of you know you got to be careful like you know who you let in and what ideas you let in because i found that even an old one that i thought i had already kicked out found its way back in yeah and as they say growth is cyclical so with growth being cyclical, it's we're oh, we may run into similar similar lessons and similar challenges, but the difference is that we've changed. So, you know, recognizing even small things like maybe in the past it would have taken over for a few days, and now you can kind of like see it and feel it and neutralize it in you know half an hour, three hours, twenty minutes. I don't know. So, and. And it can be actually very freeing. Surrendering is a huge topic, you know, in some, you know, in in plant ceremony community, in certain other contexts, which sometimes I have experienced. And it's really true because the second that you accept something, it's it loses a lot of its power. And so it was actually a really beautiful moment when I finally was able to get it out you know and that that's what was because it wasn't showing up as like 
my mind was going blah, 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 it was showing up as like maybe like feeling a little blocked and and then from that creative block feeling like I was wasting time and then feeling like you're wasting time it's like oh my gosh what is ultimately the purpose and then you know but and then it just kind of builds from there so when you finally get to the root of of it all it's it's the most beautiful thing because to change something oftentimes it just needs to be seen and when you give it when you shine a light of awareness onto something then you instantly neutralize it it's acknowledged and it's neutralized you know okay you're afraid to fail so what why are you afraid of something that doesn't exist <laughs> like you know it doesn't exist it has why why would you be afraid of that be looking forward to something else and so I think the most helpful thing for me during those moments, though, was understanding that it's absolutely normal and everybody goes through it and, you know, darkness is needed for a seed to grow. And sometimes we can't see just around the corner something amazing is about to happen. And so, um, you know, luck meets preparation. I'm not saying surrender and just, you know, wait at your couch for good news to arrive. But, yeah. you know, keep on going. Yep. I love that, what you said about, you know, it, it, this idea of, like, it, success is around the corner. And I can't remember. It's I think it's Thomas Edison's quote about, you know, people who quit never know how close they were to success. They quit. And this is something I explored in my book because, well, I mean... It, it always sounded nice, but then I always thought, but what does it really mean at the end of the day? I mean, like, you know, it's, it's a nice motivating thing, but it's uh, like, is this for real or not? And I had a moment where it really came, where I really realized like, you know, this, these dark moments, right. They can, they can definitely take us off the path and then give us a great reason to quit or something along those lines. But quitting is not just quitting in terms of, I'm no longer going to be in this game. Quitting could be, I am going to shut myself off to all opportunities. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that when you don't quit, the reason success is often around the corner is because you leave yourself open to even be able to take that call for that opportunity. And in my case, I remember there was a moment I really wanted to quit that I talk about in the book. And then the my, my girlfriend at the time was encouraging me to to just hang in there you know don't give up on this i promise you it's a lot closer than you think it's coming and i want and i not i wanted to say i think i said you know i mean how do you know it's coming like how do you know it's almost there like and all of that and then i mean the craziest thing a call literally comes in on the phone like an actual call on the phone comes in and it was an opportunity. It was a, a dear friend and, and and with an interesting opportunity that, you know, got me back on track. Mm, and the so cool. and so then the way I think about this when I reflected on that quote was, you know, the the reason why that quote is so true is because had I really given up, I wouldn't have picked up the call. Mm. It's not that something magically happens because I didn't quit. No, it's that it was going to happen. I just wasn't going to answer the call. Mm -hmm. 
and because I had quit in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, I had quit on this. So that meant I quit on myself or I gave up. So I wasn't going to take that call. And I almost didn't take that call. She encouraged me to take that call. She said, take the call. I said, what am I going to tell him? Like, he's going to ask me, how are you doing? And I haven't talked to him in a while. What am I going to say? Like, you know, I suck. I'm a deadbeat. I'm a loser. Like, well, I've been just sucking in life for the last three months doing nothing. Like, I don't want to have this conversation. And she's like, just take the call. Like, you know, he's a good friend. You know, it'll just make you feel better to even just catch up with him for a minute. And so I said, oh, okay, fine. And then that's when I realized that, yeah, it's that, it's that these opportunities are there. It's just that, do you shut yourself off from them? Yeah. Or do you yeah. leave the door open for them and say, I, I will, you know, I will accept these opportunities or at least hear them out. And I almost didn't hear that one out. But wow. then I, that's when it hit me. I'm like, wow, that's why they say that. <laughs> it Thomas all of a sudden Edison makes sense. Yeah, it's always there. I feel like, and you mentioned this earlier, and this was a theme that came up in a lot of your stories that these opportunities were there, but you only saw them because you know, you, you took some sort of action, you were, you stayed open to them, you stayed receptive to these moments. And because of that, I mean, those things were going to happen. Like, for instance, when you mentioned the, the, the 11,000 euros that found you, you know, along the journey, because of the way things work, that was going to happen no matter what. I mean, that was going to happen. That didn't happen because, you know, you know, you spent the nine on the coach uh, on the program. It happened because it was going to happen because it's the law and it had to happen. Right. But you received it in a very different way, in a way more empowering way. You did way more with that occurrence, with that moment than someone who would have given up or shut themselves out because you could have said, no, I'm not going to do that energy program, the workshop that you were going to do, which was going to cost you 9,000 euros. And here's what would have happened. You would have had 20,000 euros sitting in a bank account. Mm -hmm. That's it. And you would have continued on your way, having given up, not realizing that that would have covered the thing that I wanted, but you just wouldn't have seen that. You would have just seen it as 20K in the bank. I'm still doing a job that I'm not interested in. And I'm just not, that's what I'm doing. And that's it, you know, but you, 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 you looked at it differently. And I think that's really important for people to think about and consider is that we really have to stay open to these opportunities. And I, and I heard that in your stories many times that there was a willingness to be open to these moments. Yeah. And to bet on ourselves, like how valuable was that moment that you had when you, realize that shift that that person was calling you and you know actually taking you seriously and giving you an opportunity to in a validation that your path was on the right path or in alignment and you know i probably could have after receiving that money called the person who made me the quote and asked at that point to do the training but how much more valuable was that I decided I had an opportunity to bet on myself and blindly trust that this was worth it, whether or not I would get it back and to receive it. So it just had so much more value. Oh my gosh. So, so key right there. Yeah. It's, it's one, you're right. It's one thing to have to have crossed that hurdle of believing in yourself, trusting yourself, betting on yourself on this opportunity. I mean, that's just that even before you did the workshop, mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, you had a massive win 
that was a massive win that you were able to do that and write that check for 9,000 euros. That was a massive just victory, personal victory right there. And you're right. If it had been the other way around and you would have said, oh, I just found 11K, so now I'll do this other thing that really mattered to me. I mean, it could have still worked out and you know, maybe would have, but I, I have to wonder, you know, did you just come at it with a very different mindset because you had already decided, I believe in myself? I mean, I feel like that you talk about state, the state that we come into things with and, and, and how we, you know, encounter moments and, and interpret them and navigate the ups and the downs. I feel like that put you in a very different state. It was a growth. It was because up until that point, I was never so risky with my spending. And mm-hmm. so I broke through many thresholds within my own limitations and expanded my definition of what it meant to be open and fluid with, you know, energy and, and what better validation than to receive immediately that, that back. So it's, I, I think it was meant to happen in that way. And I don't think it would have had such an energetic weight also on my part, because, you know, depending on how we see our relationship with the universe, I feel that we're, we're, we're constantly create, I mean, of course, there's a higher order, but we're, we are constantly creating our reality. And we have the opportunity to also leverage sometimes like these mystical energies that support us. And if we are open to trusting that when we're in alignment and when our intentions are proper and good and when we're looking to grow and expand and we're betting on ourselves and even though it can feel super scary like you said it's different when you're when it's within than when it's without so if you're fearful of missing out on something on the external that's going to somehow complete you but if you're fearful because it's going to make you grow and it's going to put you on the spot and it's going to give you a chance to you succeed in a new way that you've never done before and it's frightening you, then chances are that's pretty good to bet on. Mm-hmm. Alessandra, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate your insights, your willingness to share your journey to reinvention, the the bumps on the road, the ups and the downs, as you put it, the and what you've been through. I mean, obviously, you're working on a lot of cool things. You have you have your book, which, by the way, all of these links to all of her projects and opportunities and everything that is happening, all the projects that she's bringing to life to help people really be able to, as you put it, because I want to put it in, to find to see the light within themselves. All of these projects will be linked in the show notes. So you'll be able to find it in the show notes, the YouTube clips, it'll be everywhere. So you'll be able to stay in touch with Alessandra. But I really appreciate you going into these stories and uh, into these other moments, you know, I, I know you've got all these great projects going on and we probably could have done an entire podcast on your book alone, but I really appreciate your willingness to share these stories and really kind of go off the book for a moment um, and be able to, sh- to, in order to enlighten us and help us like just you know, walk the journey to reinvention a little bit more effectively on, you know, for our listeners, for me, for all of us. And so thank you so much for that, for giving that to us. It's been such a fun conversation. And I'm so glad that, you know, to have had a chance to explore and for your unique prompts, because if not for, for you asking these questions, I would have never gone to these spaces and 
I really feel that you're doing something incredible and helping so many people ask the the questions that they should really be asking themselves and and you know information really gives us power and empowers us to move forward and especially other people's stories if they can help so I wish you and everybody listening just a May it all multiply the good things and turn into a beautiful journey. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for, for those words. And and I hope that we can meet up in Milan. Maybe we'll do an actual recording in person one day in Milan. My, I, I don't know if I told you this on our prep call, but my wife and I, for many years, like Milan was our destination for like the two weeks or week and a half, two weeks after, right after Christmas. So we always spend New Year's there and my birthday is right at the beginning of the year. So we would be there for my birthday as well. And Milan has become like a really special place for us. You know, we don't, we don't do any of the touristy things. We just, we have our coffee shops that we love going to, the walks we enjoy, you know, in Brera and all these different neighborhoods and all that stuff that we enjoy doing. So yeah, it's, we can't wait to get back. And, and now it's three of us because we'll bring a little baby with us, but I'll definitely let you know. Please do. It would be so fun. And it's so refreshing to know that we don't have to go to the Duomo. <laughs> so no, I might learn don't. something we, from you for the coffee, please. You might, you might. I might, I will introduce you to some cool coffee shops, maybe even find some of those old baristas that were just so awesome to, to us on those trips. That's perfect. So uh, it's all about who you know in these uh, restaurant scenes. It, oh my gosh, it really, <laughs> it really is. It makes a difference between us, you know, well, for wine, a nicer pour, for coffee, yeah. more yeah. like, ooh, we're going to take out some special beans for you. We've got some interesting things back here. And so, yeah, all of that matters in Italy. So I love it. it will be so Thank good. you. Thank you again. I, or I should say, grazie mille. It was, it was just an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.